When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast of the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host, Christopher Ruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, just so good. <laughs> I'm really excited, man. I am headed your way in T-minus two days at the time of this recording. Really excited to get some FaceTime in with my buddy, hang out with your kid. That's so true. Get some MCP games in, maybe drink some brews. All those things are going to happen for sure. And I wish you a lot of safe travels and luck on your very long drive. You say two days, but it's going to feel a bit more after your drives and after you recover from your... Well, yeah. And my, my, fam- my family's got me booked up pretty tight first few days there. As they should. But I think you and I have a couple things that are going to be exciting to do in person. Number one, playing MCP in person because we can all do that oh, yeah. now. Being vaccinated and being able to travel across the United States. These are all wonderful things that are just now happening. I'm currently in the process of planning an MCP tournament that's going to be happening hopefully here in Tulsa in late July. There's so many cool things happening, Chris. I'm continuing to work on terrain, which I've been doing the entire time during the pandemic because I want to unveil all this terrain to you guys in the near future through some secret exciting projects and obviously some Instagram photos. But all that aside, Chris, I think the biggest thing that's going to be exciting that you and I hopefully get to do is maybe we get to do more of that commentary series. That's something that's going to be really fun. I mean, I'll be very surprised if we don't do it. But I mean, you know, going forward, I think we've got some fun announcements on the horizon on that front. So stay tuned for that, everybody. The things we're both excited for is our schedules are opening up a little bit. And the other thing I'm pretty excited about, just to pull back the curtain a little bit for everybody, pending, you know, how this storm season goes, I will be moving again here in about three months. But instead of 20 hours away, it'll be two to a slightly bigger metro area with actual game shops and comic book stores. Very excited. Well, that's very exciting. Hopefully you can find a nice local game store to settle into and play some Marvel Christ Protocol and hopefully some other games. It's no secret that I'd really like to get back into Legion, but you know, Crisis Protocol is my first priority for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. 
Well, meeting the locals will be really fun too. So many things have changed, Chris, just from this yeah. point last year, and everyone's pretty ecstatic. But it's also like, what do we do? You know, how do we get this going? All these local events and things that are starting to pop up is very exciting. But you know, we're still in the early stages of it. And on top of that, releases continue to come out for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Oh, it's brutal. Though they are slower <laughs> in America, it seems like everyone else in the world right now has their spider foes, has several other models that we don't have. That's okay. We just now got X force and luke cage and iron fist in finally in america so those are just now getting in our hands fully and i'm really happy chris that uh you and i's iron fists and luke cage you know models are here as well so because i know those are oh, two yeah. characters that are high on your list to play and you know probably talk about in the future on fury's finest oh yeah big time i'm big 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 excited about that iron fist episode i've been trying to get you to read a very specific iron fist run for like six years now i do believe that might be right i would like iron fist a lot more if i read that and i will before we do that series it's what turned me on to him man yeah that's a very good thing but on top of that chris i've been trying to hold back and not talk about any of these spider foes because we have a lot of the cards now you know tom mass has been gracious enough to spoil even sam's cap and war machine which are coming soon too so just stay tuned listener we're going to talk about all those in the next main episode when we do our june news roundup because i certainly want to talk about craven and lizard and the list goes on and on and on, and on. oh yeah they're going to be super fun, man. And in those models, ugh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in the news episode. Absolutely. But until then, Chris, today we're not talking about any of the spider foes and we're not talking about the defenders like Danny and Luke. We're talking about a character that we've been looking forward to doing for some time, a character that's all over the game and one of the best three threats in the game. And that's Taskmaster. And honestly weirdly super captivating lore so no pressure for us today when we do lore and strategy right because we have a very compelling character not only in the marvel universe but certainly marvel crisis protocol and i do not think he's going away anytime soon oh no so i think we just got to get into it Fury's Finest is sponsored by Discount Games, Inc. Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy our show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. We thank all of our patrons for the support. We have a lot of changes coming down through the pipeline for our patrons and everyone that supports this show because we want the show to continue to grow and we want to do a lot of big things later this year and at the beginning of next year when the world starts getting back in order. So in order to make that happen, we want the Patreon to grow. And so Chris and I have a couple of ideas of things that are coming in the very soon future, which we will announce on this show. Things that we're just going to continue to give the patrons more benefits for choosing to support us here at Fury's Finest. Yeah, and we really do appreciate it, guys. We know you got a lot of choices on on podcasts and and where to put your money, and we know money's tight. So we definitely, definitely appreciate every bit. And uh, this week, we're sending a very big and personalized thank you to Andy F. Andy, we love you, 9000. Thank you, Andy. I would write you on the bottom of my boot. Oh, any day. And Chris, we have a very exciting, big announcement. We have a new Avenger producer that we have to announce and get used to it. You're going to hear his name a lot. (laughs) All right, man. Drum roll, please. Our new Avenger level producer is the Zack Attack. Thank you, Zack Attack. Thanks, Zack Attack. We appreciate it. 
All right, Jesse, you know what that means. I do. It's time for me to get busy. Let's go. All right, guys. It is Taskmaster. And we're going to start this off by asking the same question we ask with every character. Who is Taskmaster? Anthony Masters, Tony Masters, is a weirdly, weirdly compelling character. He is Marvel's kind of, think of the movie Memento, okay? One of my favorites, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, and Taskmaster is this guy that has this incredible power of photo reflexes and everything. But when he remembers these things, when he remembers these tasks, these physical abilities, when he memorizes someone doing these, he loses that kind of ram in his head. He loses that long-term memory, those emotional bonds. He remembers these fighting styles, these tasks, these muscle memory type things. It's very, very interesting. So the stronger he gets in fighting... Well, and it's not necessarily the stronger he gets, because it could be him using his kind of photo technique in remembering, say, my fighting style, which would not be good, would not be helpful. (laughs) But if he's entering that in his memory, my moves and whatever, and he forgets about his new puppy or his lunch, you know, because he's he's just overloading that RAM. It presents some interesting things. And here in the in the last 20 years, they've done some fun stuff with him, especially. But of course, he is a 40 year old character. Taskmaster first appeared making a, a brief cameo appearance in the Avengers uh, number 195, published May of 1980. He was created by David Michelini and artist, one of my favorites, should be one of yours too, mm-hmm. George Perez. Taskmaster would make his full debut one month later in Avengers 196. So, okay. as I mentioned earlier, Taskmaster has this this kind of photographic memory, but that photographic memory transfers to his kind of muscle memory. So... For instance, in his lore, and and I mean, once again, this has kind of been retconned a little bit, Uh, maybe the same thing with Bullseye, maybe not quite a a reliable narrator the whole time, but, you know, he watched one pro football game and then became the star quarterback of his high school. He carries a shield because he's watched and fought with Captain America so much that he can do every trick Captain America does. He can do all those shield tricks. No problem. Okay, he's going to go into a martial arts competition. We'll just watch some Bruce Lee movies. He's good. He's got it. It's a very interesting power. And, of course, something that comes with this is he is obviously an incredible hand-to-hand combatant, an incredible marksman. I mean, he's watched Punisher. He watched Hawkeye. But really what what is kind of different about him here is his mindset. He's not about that day-to-day in the trenches kind of a villain life. Taskmaster much prefers to be training henchmen, training special forces, training, I mean, even Avengers at one point. He kind of prefers to be behind the scenes, a little less risk, and where the money's a little bit better. So we'll start our kind of dive into his history, and I don't really want to bore you guys with, you know, he fought Captain America and Iron Man here and ran away to here and then fought these guys there, because this is kind of how the history for a lot of these villains kind of works is, you know, said villain was here and fought so-and-so, 
the stories aren't told from their point of view. So you lose a lot of the nuance and context. But what I want to talk to you about with Taskmaster is just his life and his kind of role in Marvel Comics here. And we'll touch on some of the fun things he's done. But he's fought everybody. He's worked for everybody. He's trained everybody. You know, (laughs) I mean, he was he was a sheriff in South America. He lived in a town full of cloned Hitlers. I mean, it's wacky comic book stuff. But what I really, really want to touch on is Tony Masters. He started this life as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So cool. He was a good guy and a very good guy. He kind of had his powers, not to the extent he has them now. He had his memory then. He was married. He was happily married. And his wife was, you know, his handler, another agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, sometimes his sidekick. Very interesting stuff. So he goes on a mission with his wife. His wife's name is uh, Mercedes. They find themselves in Mexico fighting a Dawn, D-O-N, of the dead. (laughs) And uh, that's going to lead them down to Bolivia, to said everyone is Hitler village. And in this village in Bolivia, there is an exact replica of Himmler's... I'm going to butcher this, y'all. It's German. I think it's uh, Velvesberg castle w-e-w-e-l-s berg so here taskmaster is is fighting with his former wife and of course she's she's kind of set this up to run into him and kind of this meet cute and then kind of run him into this mission because she's been kind of doing this for years but fighting with her he remembers his memories he gains his memories back because he's he's fighting alongside his wife and that is where his memory actually works well. And so when these memories recover, he remembers being an agent of Shield. He remembers his wife. He remembers his, he remembers this serum he took that was supposed to help clones learn to fight and get trained faster, but the serum is actually what destroyed his kind of emotional memory, his non-physical memory. And so when he remembers all this, it's really kind of tragic in order to end up beating the main bad guy and kind of saving his his wife, he has to engage his photo memory to memorize this villain that he's fighting, Red Shirt, who has gained the upper hand on Taskmaster. He has to use his power, which of course kind of dislodges all of this breakthrough he's had, and he's right back to square one with his wife, whom goes right back to kind of being his handler and running him, you know. Even when he's working for these folks and he thinks he's a bad guy, he's training bad guys, he's actually kind of, you know, a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, unbeknownst to himself, because it's just like Memento, y'all. He he kind of wakes up, where am I? Gets to a phone, muscle memory kicks in, dials a number, and Mercedes is on the other line picking up. And she runs him to his next mission. It's tragic, man. Who would have known Christopher Nolan was such a big Taskmaster fan? <laughs> we thought he liked Batman. When was Memento made? Chris, Memento was made turn of the century, year 2000. Well, is that when his first five-issue mini kind of came out? Comics are no stranger, Chris, to the world of homages with literature and film. And sometimes they are really sneaky with it. Sometimes they play with your emotions with it. They trick you, you know? Yeah, sometimes it's that way. Sometimes it's vice versa. But this first Taskmaster series, his first solo book, came out in 2002. And that's when this this stuff kind of happened. The next big thing for him 
that I find extremely interesting and kind of also heartbreaking. Chris Nolan created the best part of Taskmaster. I'm just letting this set in. <laughs> Don't give that man credit for things he didn't do like everybody else. Well, him and his brother, Jonathan Nolan, they write a lot. They're good. They make really good movies. They don't focus on the parts of movies that I like the most. That's all. It's just taste. So I'm not poo-pooing on anything here. Yeah, I'm more talking about them as writers. So around 2010, Taskmaster is going to kind of be contracted by the U.S. government. I think this is one of the times when it's uh, in exchange for a lighter sentence. Well, he's going to start training new Avengers. This is during the Avengers initiative when every state was going to have their own Avengers team and, you know, the Avengers were kind of Batman unlimiting it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there is a character here that's getting trained and this character is a young lady and her code name is Finesse. Finesse approaches Taskmaster and says, I think I'm your daughter. Taskmaster says, no way, no way, no way. Impossible. Not going to happen. Screw you, lady. Let's fight. So they fight. And I mean, they go for a little bit here. Like they kind of push each other. At the end of this fight, he says, there is a really high probability that I'm your father. Pretty sure I am your father. He explains the whole memory thing. And he says, I had to fight you so that I can remember you. Wow. Very heartbreaking. Very touching. Mm -hmm. All of those things. So I guess what I really, really, really want to get across here is that Taskmaster is kind of the definition of a mercenary. He has trained henchmen. He has trained Avengers. Right. He's trained thugs. He's trained supervillains. He really only gets into the actual dirty work of villainy when money's tight. And in doing that, Chris, he's worked with Hydra and AIM a lot, right? Yes, he absolutely has. That's a big swing from Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. to oh Hydra, AIM, you know. And, you know, not only that, but he was Madame Hydra's, one of her bodyguards during the uh, Secret Empire right. story event. So, yeah, man, like, he's kind of everywhere. He's an incredible hand-to-hand combatant. No actual physical enhancements of any kind. Just a really, really in-shape dude. Trains all the time with this crazy brain. Some would consider it a superpower, some would not. Just depends on who you are, depends on who's riding him, I guess. But he has really been everywhere, and he's got this really dark, very just heartbreaking backstory. But the bottom line is, he started off as a good person, and it was just this kind of this memento thing that kind of turned him into a villain, because when he'd wake up, people tell him he's a villain. So... Wow. He acts like it. It's just very interesting. It's really, really, really appealed to me. And, you know, of course, he has a very interesting day-to-day life because of that whole memory thing. But, you know. Well, he's also so adept at what he does, Chris. He He's so fluent in everyone's fighting styles that he can match anyone. So, of course, he's a great candidate to be hired by any team to fight the opposite team. 100%. And that's been used to great effect when he's been, for instance, a member of the Thunderbolts. He's impersonated Captain America. Right. I mean, he trained the U.S. agent, you know. Yes. That's, of course, a little tie-in to the MCU there. I'm wondering with right. Taskmaster showing up in the Black Widow movie, maybe there will be that connection drawn to U.S. agent later on in the phase. Super cool. Should be very interesting. Absolutely. So, Chris, as you just mentioned, Taskmaster in the MCU and the Marvel films has had no major appearances 
as of this moment. The irony of this is in a few weeks, this changes when Black Widow comes to theaters. Taskmaster is confirmed in the movie. We've seen his costume. It's been MCU'd up, of course. It's actually pretty cool. They lean into the blue and orange, which is very different. I kind of like I like that. That's my favorite part. They sci-fi futuristic it up, too. It's a lot less medieval, a little bit more MCU looking. Sure. As they're going to do. I like the skull. Yes. Face mask. I do miss that. They have it in the new one, but it's more of like a crossbones it's punisher. More subtle, yeah. It's the exact same thing they did with crossbones, where they kind of gave him like a more like a hockey mask type skull. That's fine. The MCU is, is way more grounded in reality than than comics. But the best part about Taskmaster being in the MCU is we have no idea who's playing Taskmaster. Isn't that fun? It's so fun, and we also have no idea if Taskmaster's face will be even revealed by the end of Black Widow. It might not. He might just be a mercenary bounty hunter type character that comes in and fights Black Widow working for the main villain and then leaves and then comes into a later movie. We don't know. You took the words out of my mouth there. That's what I'm predicting here. I have one more bold prediction about this Black Widow movie. What's that? It's not that bold. I really, really think we're going to see Omega Red in this movie. Whoa. Okay. We're going to be dealing with the Red Room. I think Omega Red is going to show up. There's a reason... Omega Red was pushed as a as a as a character for Crisis Protocol, and I think this is it. Omega Red does come out the end of next month for us here in America, but that might be pushed back. We'll see. I cannot wait to see that card. That's so true. But yeah, I'm really excited about Taskmaster in the MCU, Chris. I think Taskmaster is one of the more grounded characters that fits the MCU quite well, and I think it's really compelling, not only character but power set for the MCU. I really do think Taskmaster will fit really well. And we've seen a couple shots of Taskmaster. There is the shield, there is the sword, but most of the shots we see actually involve him shooting a bow like Hawkeye, which also gets into people's heads because, you know, Jeremy Renner's mm-hmm. Hawkeye is such a prolific part of the modern MCU. And we know that there's more things coming soon with the Hawkeye show. Oh, yeah. Bringing Haley Steinfeld in as well, you know, and Pizza Dog, hopefully. But I don't know where all this Taskmaster stuff's going to lead. And are they going to do an MCU thing on us? And it's a character you didn't think it was or something, you know, and they went full memento. We don't know. Mm, I don't know. Given Given the history that we've just learned about Taskmaster... I really believe that they could have big plans for him in this phase, but, you know, we'll just just have to wait and see. And what would be probably best, Chris, in my opinion, with this new Taskmaster is if they kind of take the Baron Zemo approach, where he's in a couple movies, he's kind of established as a character, and then they expand the character in the Marvel Disney Plus shows. I thought it was a brilliant move for Zemo, and it could work for a character like Taskmaster, too. I mean, that's very comic booky too, right? Get debuted in a big book, and then kind of get fleshed out by other writers kind of down the line, and changed, and, you know, guys play with things based on a couple lines from 20 years ago. It's just, it's really fun. And maybe this is just like wishful hoping for me, you know, that type of thing. But I think there's a lot of success with it right now, as we're seeing like one of the best villains in all of Marvel, Loki. They're just taking an entire series to explore Loki and expand on Loki. And as Chris said last episode, Loki's not going anywhere for a really long time. That's pretty obvious outside of the show. I think Loki's going to have a major place in the MCU going forward. Whether he shows up, how often or how little doesn't quite matter. The fact that he's still going to be around is a major part of this. And I think if they could do this with all the shows, if it made sense, you know? I mean, who knows? We might have a return of the Age of Ultron in the future. Crazy things like that, where James Spader comes back and reprises the voice because Ultron's come back many times. There's things they can do in the shows that actually make more sense than dredging up a whole movie for it. Yeah, the the move to the show format on Disney+, 
Plus. Now where they're giving us both limited series runs of shows. Right. But more content. And movies. So, you know, I quite enjoy my, you know, my once a week Marvel but I really do believe the best shows haven't even happened yet. That's so true. Hawkeye's going to be pretty good, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it a lot. I really am. The uh, track paint mafia, it's going to happen. Okay. Chris is calling it now. So Chris, closing out our Taskmaster lore, we always summarize the character. We always talk about who they are, what their basic motivations are. If you could just distill them down to one major thing, where would you land Taskmaster? Because after everything you've told me, I distill Taskmaster into the Boba Fett of the Marvel universe. As in we have a incredibly skilled person who I don't really know that much about who works for everybody at different times and just looks cool in armor, <laughs> you know, and a mercenary. That's a really great comparison there. The only, the only thing I would say that's different from the kind of Boba Fett through line is this through line of tragedy. Yeah. To me, Taskmaster is a tragic character. He's in pain emotionally, whether he knows it or not. Wow. You know, he's just, uh, he makes me sad. That's what makes him compelling, though. Yeah, that's what makes him compelling. That was, That's what makes him interesting. And, you know, there is a actually a new written in, it started coming out in November of 2020, a new Taskmaster miniseries that I have yet to be able to read, but I will very shortly. And when I do, I'll try to report back. All right, Chris. That's super exciting. I'm looking forward to some new Taskmaster content, especially that new. That's incredibly new. Yes. You mentioned comic books. So we got to close out our lore section with a Chris comic book recommendation on this pretty unique character. Yeah. And I am going to go with the 2010 Taskmaster limited series written by Fred Van Lint and illustrated by Jeff T. Hollow. So uh, that's going to be that that time whereabouts in 2010 where he is training some Avengers during the Avengers Initiative. Very cool, man. It's a fun little four four issue mini. Sounds really good. All right, Chris. Well, that's lore. We need to move on to Taskmaster and Marvel Christ Protocol. So let's get over to strategy. His name is Taskmaster, and his alter ego is Anthony Masters. On his healthy side, he has six stamina, a medium move, a height of two, and a threat cost of three. His defenses are three physical, three energy, and three mystic. And Chris, on his injured side, his stamina goes down to five, giving him a total of 11. So what stands out to you about our three-threat friend Taskmaster here? Well, I guess the only thing different from your just generic three is that it's uh, 11 health. No, you're right, Chris. Some of the three threats have this health pool, but most of them, as we know on here on Fury's Finest, the baseline for three threats is five and five. It is fun that he's front-loaded. I do like that. He's going to be helpful there. It's pretty deceiving, these defenses and stuff, because he's actually a lot more defensive than it seems. And we'll get to that a bit later. So Chris, his first attack is a physical attack called Sword Strike. It's range two, strength of five, power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Taskmaster gains power equal to the damage dealt, and there's a wild trigger, Bleed. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the Bleed special condition. This is the first thing on Taskmaster's card, Chris, which is leaning into the lore heavily. This is what I love so much about this character. This is the core set 
Baron Zemo's strike mm-hmm. all the way down to the bleed, the same amount of strength, the range, everything. And this is a trend going forward with this character. And I think the design is flawless for this very reason, because you and I just talked about he is copying our other heroes abilities and also doing other things. But I just think it's great that his builder is Baron Zemo's builder. And we've talked about how good Baron Zemo's builder is. It's very good. Five dice on a three threat and they give bleed. It's good. Yeah. I'll take that almost every time. So let's talk about his next stolen attack. That's right. It is another physical attack. It is shield throw. And I mean, I mentioned Captain America a lot in the lore section, and that's why. That's where this is from. It's range four, strength four, power cost of zero. Its attack ignores line of sight, and the defending character does not benefit from cover. On a wild, you will trigger ricochet. After this attack is resolved, Taskmaster may make an additional shield throw attack. This attack must target another character within range three of the original target character and maybe any distance from Taskmaster. This additional attack does not have this ricochet special rule. So a four range attack on a kind of a primarily melee character, that's not bad. Four dice, not big, but it is useful when folks are hiding around cover. You're playing against the storm affiliation, denying cover, denying those extra saving throws. That's good. Well, and Ricochet too, right, Chris? Like, even if you don't get damage through the first attack, as long as you get a wild trigger, just like we see on Captain America, you get to Ricochet into somebody else. It's so cool. Yeah. This is kind of our second go of this shield throw ability, Chris, which was our first character episode ever. So I'm feeling really nostalgic right now because we've learned a lot since then. And I'm really happy this is on Taskmaster because this is not going to do that much damage, but we're going to see a trend with Taskmaster later, Chris. And I'm just going to say it now. He is one of the best characters in the game sitting on a point and if a character like this that's this tanky can sit on a point and occasionally throw out a shield every once in a while and deal some damage while also sitting on a point and not losing it it's actually really nice gives him some nice versatility that other melee characters do not have his final attack is a physical attack called mnemonic technique it's range two a strength of four and a power cost of two and you're probably asking yourself right now why does something cost two it's only a strength of four but also Two? That's his spender? That's pretty wild. Add dice to the attack roll equal to the target's physical defense. The target character cannot modify a reroll defense dice during this attack. Now, first of all, Chris, let's talk about the theme before we talk about the strategy of this. How amazing is this that if someone's physical defense is higher or lower, his mnemonic technique is getting better because he's basically matching them in physical hand-to-hand combat? Predicting their moves, yeah. This is a physical defensive character's nightmare, really, because yeah, on average, Chris, most characters in the game have a physical defense of three. So at worst, you're paying two for a seven strength attack, which is absolutely insane. But if you really use Taskmaster right, like the scalpel he needs to be, you target those beasts, you target those venoms, you target those Captain Americas. And then you're buffing this up to an eight or nine dice attack potentially, which is just a crazy thing. You're using their own strength against them. You're negating their big defense. And of course, we know that the offensive dice always are going to have an advantage in MCP. Yep. It's based on the design. They just hit more often. Yeah. It's part of the design. It's just how it goes. There's one more result on the die. 
right? just for attacks before you factor in crits. So then when you factor in crits, then when you explode crits, it's like a multiplying effect, right, Chris? Because there's that one more effect on the die that's attacking and you're exploding more of them. So it's it's more than just one more face on the die because of the way the crits work in this game. The math is always super, super intricate with it is. dice in this game. It is. But he's going to take someone down. He can take that Venom down or something. And it's super cool. But that's it, Chris, for his attacks. Notice they're all physical. Yeah. And they're all either range two or range four. So he does have a nice range band. But like you said earlier, he is primarily a melee character. And we have to think about that going forward. But I think we just need to start his superpowers. Let's start with his first one. It is a reactive superpower. It is photographic reflexes, and it will cost you two power to engage. After an attack targeting Taskmaster is resolved, Taskmaster may use this superpower. If the attacker is within range three of Taskmaster, roll four dice. Deal one damage to the attacker for each crit and wild rolled. If the attacker has already targeted this character with an attack this turn, roll six dice instead of four. Once again, he's learning from you, right? You're attacking him a second time. It's going to hurt more. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Chris, this is incredibly powerful. This is kind of out of control because Taskmaster's big spender only costs two, and this only costs two. So you're really saving two as much as you can on Taskmaster to use this ability because, frankly, just straight damage that they don't even get to block against is so powerful. We've talked about Counter-Strike. We've talked mm-hmm. about Rockets Booby Traps. We've talked about things like Green Goblins, Trick or Treat, things that are creating either direct damage or throw damage, which is almost direct damage, or they don't get to save like normal is a big deal. And obviously with Taskmaster, you're going to want to try to use this on the second attack, right? If he's really healthy, you're oh, just going to yeah. wait and use this. And that's the funny thing about him. If Say he has no power, but then someone attacks him. And now he has a little bit of power because he got hurt. Do you really want to attack him a second time? And he rolls six dice and he might potentially give you two or three or even more damage auto and pop you over the edge. We talked about Chris last episode just with Bullseye with Counter-Strike, how bad it feels for your opponent to be stopped mid-activation before they've done everything they want to do. And this is what he's doing with this shield here. He's killing him outright. With the counterattack, I just love so much. If the attacker is targeted, Taskmaster with attack this turn, roll six instead of four. We have not seen that yet on any other character with the Counter-Strike ability. Well, and you know, that's not the end of this theme here. It's going to bleed into his next superpower, which is an innate ability. It is intuitive pattern recognition. If an enemy character targets Taskmaster with an attack and has already targeted Taskmaster with an attack this turn, add two dice to the defense roll. doesn't matter what brand of attack we're getting here. We're going from three to five. Innately, no power cost, for free, two extra dice. That's good. That's why his stats are sneaky, Chris. We talked about earlier. He might be a slightly healthier three than average, but really he's a much tankier and healthier three than average by a long shot if you're using him correctly. Because frankly, there's just certain points in the game where your opponent has no choice. They just have to attack him again, you know? Mm -hmm. If Taskmaster's on a flank, which we'll talk about towards the end of strategy on ways to use him, they kind of have to. So this is a fun way to get around that. And you're right, Chris, that takes his physical energy and mystic all up to five, no matter what. So he doesn't have some of those weaknesses like the Modocs of the world where they're just absolutely terrible at one type of defense. 
like Modok is with physical. He's learning your techniques. He's learning how you fight. Okay, you're Doctor Strange. You use mystic and energy attacks. Well, he's learning how you fight with those. And I, I think the theme is just on point. But closing out his card, we have two more innate abilities. The first one is martial artist. We've seen this before. When this character is defending against a physical or energy attack, targeting Taskmaster within range two, Taskmaster adds blanks to his defense rolls to count towards total successes of the defense. We've seen this on Black Widow. It makes her deceptively more tanky than she seems. So just think of a character with more health than Black Widow, with better defenses than Black Widow. And then you're getting to this realm of he's absolutely hard to kill at range two. Because as Chris just mentioned, if you're attacking him a second time, he's adding more dice. And then if you're in range two, he's counting blanks. His dice are just benefiting him over and over again. He is changing the math of the defensive dice of the game. It's great. And also, this is something we see on Cap and Black Panther, right? But they count it from anywhere. But I just think it's cool that we kind of got this theme of certain tanky martial arts type characters in the game even count blanks on their defensives. Well, yeah. And it's it's not just that. Two of those characters hold shields and are adept shield users. Right? And the other has an amazing vibranium right. laced suit. So it's, it's very thematic. Very cool. I'm constantly in awe of how Atomic Mass can lace the lore into these kits. It's crazy. It's really, really impressive. Now, Chris, closing out Taskmaster, we only have one more innate ability. If you thought this character was great to begin with, we kind of have potentially the best part of his kit, which is a weird thing to the say. The coup de gras. The coup de gras here, we have the icing on top. We have the innate ability Rogue Agent. It's been quite some time since you and I have read this ability. One character with Rogue Agent counts as an affiliated character during squad building. The last time we saw this was Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, and we haven't had one since till Taskmaster, and we haven't had another one yet. This is crazy. Back then, I remember distinctly in that Bucky episode saying, we're just, we're just going to see him everywhere. I was wrong, but I wasn't super wrong because we see taskmaster everywhere (laughs) it's It's for the same reason i thought we were gonna see bucky everywhere but taskmaster is just a little bit better he's definitely better in this the meta that we're in right now he's more consistent exactly and that's that's what the game's about right now And to be fair to you chris we did see bucky everywhere for some time you know sure yeah yeah, i would fanned out you know i wasn't super wrong but and you're still right because i think in this category you put bucky and Taskmaster both, and their their unique affiliation themselves. You know, no one's in there with them mm-hmm. because they are affiliated with everyone. Now, just to refresh ourselves and the listener with this wordage, Chris Rogue Agent. It mentions that you can only have one character. So, say you had Bucky and Taskmaster, you can't double dip, right? You can't be like, well, I have Thanos and Corvus, Bucky and Taskmaster, and the rest of my squad's not Black Order at all. That's not quite how it works. Only one of them counts towards that Black Order number for that reference. Bucky would just be unaffiliated then. Taskmaster would be the Black Order person. But also keep in mind, and something we tell new players all the time, being a rogue agent does not give you access to that affiliation's cards. I'm glad you brought that up. So you bring Taskmaster and X-Men, which I think is an incredibly viable thing, which I'll get to it during my affiliation talk very soon. He doesn't get to use, to me, my X-Men or First Class because he is not on that list of the uncanny X-Men. He is on his own list with Bucky, the rogue agents. But it says during team building phase of the game, they count towards this team. This is huge, Chris. Every team in the game that has a smaller roster, characters like the Winter Soldier and Taskmaster are innately just better because they give you affiliation. Well, and not to mention, on top of 
the rogue agent thing, Taskmaster is just one of the best three costs yeah. for the threat level, you know, pound for pound type things. Consistent. In the game. So. Absolutely. And I also don't think you're in a bad spot taking Bucky either. It's just one of those things like, it's so cool that we have these unique characters in the game. And then on top of that, they're the only characters that break the affiliation rule. Right. And that's so neat. We'll talk more about building with them in a minute. I just wanted to mention how Rogue Agent worked, but also why Taskmaster is everywhere. Because you're never hurt by taking a Taskmaster or a Winter Soldier in your roster like a unaffiliated three threat normally. You know, if you're playing Guardians and you just take a three threat like Hawkeye, you're going to find a place to fit him in. But if instead you take all the Guardians and you take Taskmaster or the Winter Soldier, there's no negative part of affiliation building at all because you have essentially another Guardian for affiliation building, which is a crazy thing. It's just a crazy, cool mini game that Atomic Mask kind of nestled in the game because we have these mercenary type characters that they decided do this mini game. No one else does it. And then on top of that, they add the one, two punch of that Frank Castle's affiliated with no one. Yeah. <laughs> when a lot of people were hoping he'd be a mercenary rogue agent. Yeah. That just, it doesn't fly. If anything, he could be a defender, but it just, it's just not right. For now he's affiliated with no one. And I think that's appropriate. We'll see if that changes in the future, but Chris, let's get into the final part of strategy, which you always say is your favorite part. And I'm excited to talk about it because it's my favorite part to talk about. Where does Taskmaster fit in the game in affiliations? Everywhere. And also I have no idea. That's a good response. He does fit everywhere because he gives you affiliation, but him being a rogue agent, we kind of have to approach this affiliation talk a little bit different than the normal show format. So I'm just going to go through every affiliation and we're going to talk about why would you take Taskmaster? Why would you not? How does he play in that affiliation and where you can play him? And you know, it's one of those things like if you want to play Taskmaster, just play him because he's going to fit anywhere you want. I'm just basically going to touch on the viability of the way he performs in these affiliations. Starting with A-Force. Chris, he's good in A-Force. Yeah, I had a feeling. He's a tanky character that when he has more power, he becomes incredibly dangerous. Oh, yeah. He can start doing the Taskmaster Counter-Strike over and over and over again. Well, not only that, but then he'll have access to that two-cost, you know, seven-dice attack. Two-cost, six, seven, eight dice on a three-cost character with the other things he has, I, I think that's really, really strong. Yeah, you're just saying he can just do it more often, right? That's exactly what I'm saying, because A-Force is just, the power just flows, baby. Oh, it certainly does, Chris. And I will mention a couple key points with A-Force. They have an amazing card called A-Force Assemble. An A-Force character may spend three power to play this card. When an ally character is defending against an attack this round, add one die to its defense roll for every other allied A-Force character within range two of that character. So what's funny is the rest of his team is up on a defensive level equal to him. So kind of on that round, you're just kind of laughing at your opponent because you're saying, do you want to attack Taskmaster? Do you want to attack the rest of my A-Force members who have benefited defense? Do you want to attack She-Hulk because it gives out more power to my team? There actually is a lot of synergy there, which is very, very interesting. But, you know, Chris, just him having more power from A-Force is going to just benefit him in general. And what's funny is him being tanky and more defensive means every time he's attacked, he he takes less damage, right? But he gains power from that. But then you trigger A-Force and the rest of your A-Force team gains power. So what's funny about A-Force is you want to go wide, but you want to go tanky too if you can, because you want as many characters to be attacked as possible to give more of your team power and spread it out evenly, but you also want people to stay around. So it's kind of this interesting dichotomy that they've got going on. I absolutely love it. 
But also, let's mention Stalwart Determination, which is one of their A-Force cards. During the power phase, any number of allied A-Force characters may spend one to play this card. Characters that spent power to play this card cannot be pushed or thrown by enemy effects this round. So once again, Taskmaster is not part of the A-Force, only for list building. But what's funny is the rest of his team not being able to be pushed or thrown around. Once again, we narrow it down to, do you just want to attack Taskmaster now? Do you want to throw him, right? And you kind of put the opponent in an unwinnable situation. So I think he's a really good spot with A-Force, just because he's adding to more of what they want to do. And if you attack him, he counter-strikes back. Then you pass out power to the rest of your team. There's a lot of good synergy here, and I think it's I think it's nice. Likewise, we're going to move into Asgard. Asgard, Taskmaster, can remove conditions or heal himself for one. Is that good on Taskmaster? Yes, it's very good. Seems good. It's very good. He's going to plant his feet on a point, and he's going to heal, or he's going to remove conditions if he has the power to do it. Now, once again, this is power hungry. He's not an Asgardian. He doesn't gain two power turn like the rest of them, so he might not have the power to do this to himself, but late game when he's hurt and stuff, he can certainly trigger Asgard more often, heal himself up, remove some conditions that he doesn't want to have. Avengers? Okay, He's good in Avengers because when you attack him, if he's hitting you back at a discounted price, that feels real bad, you know? (laughs) (laughs) One power. (laughs) Yeah. You know, six dice if he double tapped him. I mean, come on. Come on. Now, what's funny is he's probably weakest in Avengers in the way of they already have Cap and they already have one of the biggest affiliations in the game. So, you know, we're not going to see him as much in Avengers as opposed to Asgard, which I just talked about. Asgard has a really small roster and they have one three, Chris? Yeah, I was going to say, it's a pretty top-heavy rust. We can see the viabilities here, but he's not bad in Avengers. He's good. So moving on to Black Order, he's very strong in Black Order because once again, Chris just mentioned the top-heavy faction. The Black Order is incredibly top-heavy. We have Thanos at six, Black Dwarf at four, Corvus Glaive at four, Ebony Maw at five, and Proxima at three. So Taskmaster being three innately makes him an incredible addition to the Black Order. Just like Chris and I said in our Bucky episode, Bucky is a great addition to the Black Order. Helps you maintain affiliation, but have another three threat. What's not to love? But also, you know, the Black Order, they like killing people and they like staying alive. And Taskmaster's pretty good at both of those things. Though not the best at that. But but he's very good. <laughs> I personally have been enjoying Punisher and Black Order. Though Punisher is not affiliated with anybody, he's a really nice fit in that team as well. So take your choice, but I think it works as well. Moving on to the Brotherhood. This is one of those teams that I actually don't think Taskmaster fits as well because now they do have more options. They have Mystique at three. They have Quicksilver at three. They have Toad at two. Everyone else costs more so far in the Brotherhood that we have. So he's still a decent addition on this team, Chris, but he also doesn't have a throw. He can't throw terrain. He doesn't lead into their part of the affiliation they like with that. But once again, they're a small affiliation. They only have six characters in the game. That's it. And that will grow and maybe his, you know, kind of necessity of being in your brotherhood bag just diminishes with time. Yeah. But at the time of this recording, you know, he's he's pretty good in brotherhood just because of the affiliation. Well, what's funny, Chris, is like Taskmaster is good on all these teams because he's kind of the all round character in this right. game. So just looking at the teams side by side, brotherhood, he's probably further down compared to others. But yeah, I mean, he's never going to be bad in any team he's in. Moving on to Cabal, once again, another massive roster, though I will say he's really good in Cabal because if you use that mnemonic technique, he deals consistent damage no matter what. Damage is going to get through with that seven, eight, maybe nine dice, you know, probably more like seven dice on average. He's going to get that Cabal power 
from getting damage through. He also fits the team thematically, which Chris and I love so much. Oh, yeah. He's worked with Hydra many times. He's just another three threat for Cabal. Nothing wrong with that at all. So moving on, Chris, we got to get into one of his best teams because here's a cool thing. He is affiliated with the team. It's the criminal syndicate. So it's one of those weird things in the game where they break the rules where he's a rogue agent, but he's also a criminal syndicate. This is why I prefaced earlier with the rules clarification with cards, right? He can't use an X-Men card because he's not an X-Men list member. He can use a criminal syndicate card because he is a criminal syndicate member. This is his best team. Like they needed more help. They're very strong. Chris, what do you think about Taskmaster counting as two on a secure objective? I hate it. Just with his shield up, he's standing there like, do you want to attack me a couple times? Take some damage? Blanks in my defense? The tone of my voice has changed because Jesse knows how badly I got beaten by Criminal Syndicate not two days ago. Wiggy, screw you, pal. Wiggy from the Fury's Finest Patron Discord. There you go. He's very strong in this team, Chris. I think he's an essential member of your Criminal Syndicate roster. What's funny is they're getting bigger and bigger. They have other threes. They have Sin. They have Mysterio. They have Craven. They have Crossbones. They have Bullseye. They have Black Cat now. They kind of are a three team. I love Black Cat. I love... <laughs> Chris just can't handle it. I love that character, dude. I can't handle Anytime it. Anytime you mention Black Cat, yeah. I think she's going to be so good. And I mean, I'm probably wrong, but ugh. No, I think she's going to be great. But Taskmaster is incredible on this team, Chris. He's not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. He's taking a flank objective. He's taking one of the ones on the side, ideally, by himself. And he's counting as two. He's adding blanks in his results if you're in range two. But also, if you just attack him and you're in his range, he can attack you back. He can add dice to his defense. Yeah. Cap can. It's so obnoxious. It's so powerful in Criminal Syndicate. Moving on, Defenders. Here's a strange one, Chris. Defenders are also pretty top-heavy, so he's actually a pretty good addition as a rogue agent, but you really only want to use the Defenders, I give you an hex, and change the attack type when he's using his Mnemonic Technique, which would make the Mnemonic Technique cost one more. You're paying one more for the Defender's ability, but just think of that, man. Like an eight Mystic on somebody who's horrible. Like if he's fighting Logan- And he just changes yeah, to Mystic and just kills Logan. It's done, man. I mean, that is a crazy cool thing you can do in Defenders with him. So you've got to think of him in Defenders like that. You've got to think of him just a filler that's going to win an objective. And then you precision strike with the Hex and then changing the attack type when you need to and when you can afford it. So basically you turn him into Killmonger. For a turn, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Moving on, we have Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, this is a team that I have played a lot and... No surprise listeners at home. And I actually think Taskmaster is a really nice addition. He's three or less, which is what the Guardians like to have. He helps you with that swarm mentality. He doesn't mind the winging it tokens where he rerolls his defense or attack dice, turns out. And he helps you maintain your Guardian numbers. So a weird thing that happens with Guardians, Chris, which we didn't think would happen, but now it's starting to happen because we have more twos in the game like Bob coming in. (laughs) Yeah, right. They can go wider than they've ever gone before with all these twos and a couple threes. But in doing that, they start pushing their limits of are they more than half affiliation guardians so that's when you bring a taskmaster in he helps you maintain that number let's say you go eight wide which you can do with guardians now pretty easily you need five guardians so taskmaster could be number five you could go star lord groot rocket drax taskmaster you could do that and then have three unaffiliated characters and maintain your guardians leadership and i i think it's a cool part and i think it's why he's really good in the team and you know he's a good fighter and he fits the team well you know and if you're against the right matchup you know he brings in some damage dealing that the 
Yeah. The Guardians kind of lack sometimes. They swing high and they swing low. That's kind of their thing. Like when they do damage, it's out of control. When they don't, they don't. And what's fun about Taskmaster is his damage and his defenses are completely consistent. And that's something that they like, you know, Guardians really do like, especially the defensives because, you know, you've got Groot and you got Drax. Why not add Taskmaster too? You've got three guys that can really take it while the weaker characters hang back and deal damage. Moving on to Inhumans. I think it's a good addition to this team as well, Chris, because they are another affiliation that is small. You know, they actually have one more member than the Brotherhood right now as of the new update. They have seven members, if you include Beast, Quicksilver, and Ronan, which I think is so good. Those characters are on this list. So good. Oh, I know. But he's another three. Beast is a three. Quicksilver is a three. So one more three in this roster. Not a problem. We know the Inhumans like to pass power between each other because that's their affiliation ability. So why not just have Taskmaster kind of in the fray and all he does is pass power to Black Bolt or Medusa. Just all game. There's nothing wrong with that at all. If he's just tanking an objective and he's passing power to your heavy damage dealers, I think it works. I really do think it works. Welcome addition there. Moving on, we're down to the last couple factions, Chris. We got Spider Foes. This is a fun one because they're finally getting their pieces right now. They're finally getting their three threats. Yeah. Up until this point, he's kind of been essential in Spider-Foes just to get affiliation. The affiliation's starting to round out. I think the theme's there too, Chris, in some ways. like I, I can see Taskmaster working with Kingpin or, or Doc Ock or someone to take down the Web Warriors. But you know, Spider-Foes affiliation, as of right now, is a lot of fours, honestly. It's Goblin, Carnage, Kingpin, and Venom are all fours. And then we have a bunch of threes. We have Mysterio, Lizard, Craven. Doc Ock as threes. So you're adding one more three. Nothing wrong with that. He kind of gives you some versatility because they are an attrition faction. So if you want to kind of balance out the attrition with a little bit more defenses and then kind of that finishing blow, as Chris mentioned, like with the Killmonger, that mnemonic technique to finish targets off, he's there. They cannot be a low physical defense character for mnemonic technique to really get its worth. But the option's there. I mean, it's like you were saying, he's a scalpel. He is. Though he's not as good in Spider-Foes, he's a nice addition because, I mean, when you get to reroll your opponent's defense dice, he's got the mnemonic technique teed up. Or even just like a shield throw, Chris, and you want to really actually hit, it's there when you need it, you know? And it's going to work. Moving on, though, we really got to talk about the places he fits best other than Criminal Syndicate. So obviously, I think Criminal Syndicate's number one. But if we move past that, we got a couple of affiliations coming up that he fits really nicely in, Chris. Number one, in one of his best, Uncanny X-Men, specifically Storm's team. My favorite team. X-Men team gold. So Chris, when Taskmaster is at range three or further, he gets auto cover on top of already defensive character. And when he's range two, he gets martial artists and counts all blanks as blocks. He is an incredible member of Storm's team for that alone. Then you add the X-Men hop, we like to call it, the leapfrog ability where he can kind of get up into the fray if he needs to quicker. You've got a really nice piece in the X-Men. Also, the X-Men only being seven members as this very moment, that's including Gene, who's not out in the field yet. So they're really just six people on the X-Men team. He's giving you a seventh. Then you add Gene, you're up to eight. So you've got some more list building options. He's an excellent X-Men character. Once again, he can't use those cards like first class or to me, my X-Men, but he's defensive and you're positioning him around at will. And that's a powerful piece. Talking about defensive and winning objectives, we have Wakanda. He's good in this team. You don't say. Already win objectives by pushing people off and by being cheap, you know? Black yeah. Panther's four, Killmonger's four, Koye's two, Shuri's 
three and Storm is three. You add another three to that roster and they can just really go super wide at low threat levels. And Taskmaster makes this more possible because he helps them maintain affiliation. You don't have to take Killmonger. And, and he also brings that that toughness. Yes. So you can use Black Panther as kind of the flanker finisher that he's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe he holds a side a side objective and then long moves in and, and dishes some damage. But you can really kind of run Taskmaster up the middle in this instance, maybe have a Koye with him and just try to hold that middle objective, whatever it may be. Absolutely. He's a wonderful fit in this team. You should be trying him on this team because they're already winning objectives and being tanky and pushing people off objectives and kind of holding their ground. That's what Taskmaster likes to do best, Chris. So closing out, we have two more teams. The first of which is the Web Warriors, one of my favorite personal teams in the game. So what do you know, Chris? They get to reroll one dice on defense anytime they make a defense save. And if they're holding an objective or contesting an objective, that die can be a skull. That's pretty powerful. This is nice on Taskmaster because skulls are one of his only bad things, right? We've talked about him having blanks in his defenses at range two. We've talked about him adding dice to his defensive results, making just more dice in the pool for defense. So Web Warriors getting a reroll on top of that and potentially rerolling skulls as well just makes him more tanky and he's not going away. He's going to stay around. And this is what Web Warriors want to do, Chris. And once again, like you kind of just said with Wakanda, a lot of the Web Warriors don't want to be too far into the fray. Good examples, Ghost Spider, Corset, Peter Parker, Miles Morales. They don't want to be too deep into the fray. So Taskmaster can kind of be up. And then you got your Gwens and Miles kind of skirting the edges, doing web line pulls, staying in stealth, things like that. And Taskmaster's kind of taking the brunt of the damage, and he can do that in Web Warriors. Because essentially, we've talked about he's got 3-3-3, but if you buff it up, it's 5 and then you add a reroll, it's more like six. So then we get to really defensive character here. You know, we're at Magneto levels of defense. Seems good, man. Closing out our discussion, we've got the final affiliation of the game, and that's the X-Force. And I think Taskmaster is a good addition here, though probably not one of his strongest teams, similar to Brotherhood. X-Force gets to reroll a die on attack. That's good for him. He's fine with that. Once again, they're a small team. They're very small. They're only six, and that includes Colossus, who's not out yet. So they're really five as of right now. Taskmaster helps you take that number up. So they are one of the smallest teams in the game. If you're going to a tournament right now with X-Force, you probably want to take Taskmaster because, you know, keep you that X-Force number up. But also, Chris, you know, I've talked about many times, I think an uncanny X-Men gold and X-Force bag is a very viable thing with a lot of crossover. And why not throw a Taskmaster right in the middle when he crossovers on both teams? It's a possible thing as well. He's just not as good on this team because they're more about damage. They're more about their tactics cards. And he can't use their tactics cards because he's not affiliated. So he's just going to help you maintain affiliation. And he's just going to be a good character on a side point, hopefully holding it and winning it. Which is nothing wrong with that. No, I'm always I'm always about that life. It's just kind of hard to justify him on one of those side points when you have Deadpool, Sabretooth, and Wolverine in this team. And those are kind of guys that do the same thing. They just kind of do it in a different way. So you kind of got different things going on. But, you know, he's good in all these teams, Chris. And this is part of the reason we're going. We went through the entire list of teams. There's no place he's bad. That's the fun part about this character. And once again, if you haven't picked up the Taskmaster and Punisher box, now might be the time because these are really two great three threat characters that you can fit in where you want. And it's probably just going to work playstyle wise for you. They do their jobs well. They're both really good characters for limited collections, just because they fit in so well. If you're not trying to buy a ton of models, you're trying to stick with one or two affiliations. These guys are going to help bring that that extra splash of different that sometimes you need. 
but they're also both good at what they do. And, you know, Taskmaster especially helps you round out whatever second affiliation you may be working towards, you know, your B affiliation, if you're kind of a, a limited on funds such as myself. Well, also too, Chris, you and I are huge lore fans and huge thematic players and fans here. It works quite well too, like Taskmaster or Punisher being splashed into some of these teams. We've seen it in the comics, we've seen it in the movies. It works. It really does actually work. It's not like bringing Miles Morales into Black Order, which I've done before. It just that feels strange for Miles. <laughs> that's that's a stretch for Miles. But bringing Punisher or Taskmaster in one of these teams, you know, as a vigilante or a mercenary for hire, the theme's there. It works really well and it's fun. So Chris closing out the strategy, the number one thing you want to do with Taskmaster is put him on a, an objective by himself. Not necessarily by himself, but on a flank or something. He doesn't necessarily have to be a main piece up the middle with your main army. He is going to do so well by himself off to the side winning another objective. In fact, he's probably going to win most objectives against other characters that are his threat or lower every time. That's kind of why he's the ultimate side objective character right now. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a cool place for him to be in the game. Though, what's fun is he's also just great going out Main Street with his shield up, you know? Just straight up into those gamma shelters or something like that. He's he's ready to fight in the middle. But I just think he's such a strong piece from a strategic point if you're trying to get better at the game on one is a side objective somewhere where you're like, Oh, he will go toe to toe with a miles Morales or a beast, you know, or a nebula or something on, on the side of the board while the main actions happen in the middle of the board. He'll win that either stay and continue to score for you the rest of the game, or he'll come join your team. Hopefully bring some support while he's got a lot of power built up and close out the game. Hopefully. Also, Criminal Syndicate, he definitely wants to be on that side point by himself. And he just counts as two. I hate the Criminal Syndicate. (laughs) Fury's Finest is sponsored by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Follow us on Twitch. Catch our streams of Marvel Christ Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show on social media. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Instagram and Facebook at Fury's Finest. If you have any questions, inquiries, or ideas, email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com and continue to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And if you don't have an Apple device, if you have a friend or loved one that has an Apple device and you can leave us a review through that. That really helps us out because we know more than half of you guys out there are Android listeners and you don't get to leave us a review and that's a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. I want to see what you say. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music and like Jesse was saying, man, help spread the word. That's right. So you can find Chris and I on social media. You can find me, Jesse, on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. And I'm also in the Marvel Christ Protocol Facebook groups. Also check out my Star Wars podcast, The Canon Cantina, about all things canon and legends in Star Wars. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. I am not on Facebook and I never will be again. So don't talk to me there. If I only could, Chris, I would like to. I know, buddy. I stole it before you could get off. It's all right. Got to run the podcast and got to post the baby pictures for the family Mm -hmm. or something like that. Something like that. Thanks for listening. True Believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Tin Buck says you're wrong. 